What does God want to do in your life? Here with the answer that may surprise you is Pastor Ed Taylor. God, he wants to do much more in your life. He wants to do much more in your marriage. He wants to do much more with your kiddos. He wants to do much more in your singleness. He wants to do much more with the job that he's entrusted to you. He wants to do much more in your life as you look for the next job that God has lined up for you already. He wants to do much more in helping you dig out of the bad mistakes of death that you've gotten in. He wants to do much more in your ministry. He wants to do much more in you individually. This is amazing grace. I hope you find it exciting that God wants to do more, not less, in our lives. But can He really pull it off? He sure can, as we'll hear today on Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. As we continue in Romans chapter 11, we'll observe God's faithfulness to His people, Israel, and that He remains faithful despite their failure. It's a reassuring truth, not only for the nation of Israel, but for you and me individually as well. Here now with today's message is Pastor Ed. Well, you know, with the wisdom of God, Solomon wrote this in Proverbs chapter 24, verse 16. I love this. We've quoted it many times. You may have not known the address, but it's right here. Proverbs chapter 24, verse 16 says, For a righteous man may fall seven times and rise again, but the wicked shall fall by calamity. And it's one of those precious promises that you want to hold on to. Though a righteous man falls seven times, he will rise again. That is the heart of God, to pick you up and dust you off and help you to learn the lesson that is to be learned in any stumbling, in any faltering. Because it's true. Our lives are filled with ups and downs. Now we wish, don't we, that was always an up. We wish that we were always doing really well. We wish upon wish that, oh God, that it would be wonderful, it would be great, that we would always be in that place of strength and vibrancy and purity. But life is full of not only ups, but also downs. There are times when we're tremendously strong and things are going very well, and there are also times of stumbling and of faltering, and there are even times of just falling flat on your face just being tripped up by this and taken down by that. Life has its trials and life has its temptations and it's a bummer that we fall into the trap, that we take the bait. But like Solomon says, even though we fall seven times, well, we'll rise again. God is at work. He is our strength. And I love this. Flip over to Jude now, way back in the back, right before Revelation. It only has one chapter. I love this. Because even though we might stumble and fall and God will pick us up, The Bible also says that God is able to keep us from falling, to keep us from stumbling. See, your life might be characterized right now of a series of stumbles, a series of falls, and you're wondering, when in the world is it going to end? Well, listen, friend, God is able to keep you from falling. I draw your attention to verse 24. You can just cling to this. It says, Jude chapter 1, verse 24. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling. 
and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to God our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. God's his heart is to not only pick you up, but to teach you, to strengthen you so that you don't fall again. God is able to keep you from falling. God is able to keep you from stumbling. God is able to keep you upright, standing strong in his life and in his will. And you know, what's true for you and me individually, like these promises that we hold on to, the old man falls seven times, he'll rise again. Yes, Lord, I want to get up. I don't want to stay down for this one. And what is true for us in Jude, oh God, you're able to keep me from falling in this and stumbling. You're able to keep me from that temptation. You're able to restore to me, to refresh me, to cleanse my mind, to give me new habits, to deliver me from bondages. Yes, you're able to restore my soul, as the psalmist says. What's true for us individually is also 100% true for the nation of Israel nationally. What's true for you individually is also true for the nation of Israel. Paul asks and answers that very question in Romans chapter 11. We'll pick up where we left off in verse 11. He says and asks the question, I say then, have they, speaking of Israel, stumbled that they should fall? And what he's asking is this. Is this stumbling that we've seen in Israel, is it permanent? I mean, is God done with Israel? Paul asks. And of course, he answers with the strongest words possible in the Greek language. He says, certainly not, but through their fall, to provoke them to jealousy, salvation has come to the Gentiles. You see, you might be here today and you go, well, I've stumbled big time, Ed. I have fallen heavily. You know, it wasn't too long ago that I was over at a store across town, and I had gone in to do business, but being the guy that I am, I forgot my wallet. And I'm thinking, okay, I, don't, I can't, you know, you know, get to that place. I'm ready to, to, to finish everything. I got it. And I'm like, oh, I don't have my wallet. And I hate that. I do that all the time. I lose it everywhere. Uh, it's really not lost. I just forget where I put it. So here I am, and, and I'm a little frustrated. I'm like, oh, it's, maybe it's in the car. So I run out to the car. As I'm running out to the car, it's really cool because it was like a God-ordained deal for me not to have my wallet. Now, Marie was with me, so she had her wallet. She took care of business. I didn't have my wallet. Ended up not having it. It wasn't in the car. So as I'm walking to the car to see, kind of frustrated, kind of upset, like, where's my stinking wallet, man? I did it again, and I'm walking out there. I'm hoping against hope that it's in there. And as I'm walking to the car, out of the corner of my eye, I see a sister over to the left. And you know, that sister I haven't seen around in a while here in the fellowship. And so I know that, you know, it's not about my wallet, is it? It's about that girl. And so right there in the parking lot of the store, I run over there. I go, hey, how you doing? Where you been? And, and she just starts breaking down in tears. It's been a tough time for her. We didn't have time to, to get into the details of what was going on in her life. She had to take off. But I said, you know, you need to come back. You know, her first response was, you know, I don't, I don't think I can. You don't understand what's been going on in my life. And I said, I don't care what's been going on in your life. God, he has a tremendous love for you. You know, if you would just stop right now what you're doing and begin to seek the Lord, he'll begin to restore you. Just laid hands on her right in the parking lot, in her tears, and prayed for her. And, and it wasn't about a wallet, you know? You know, sometimes that's in your life. You're like, well, I got this going on, this going on. You know, could God even restore me? 
Can God even, and God, he will arrange scenarios and circumstances around your life. Continue, if your eyes are open, he'll continually show you, you know, come back, son. Come back, daughter. Do you know that people live, and maybe it's you as well, with a theology or a misunderstanding of God that he doesn't want to restore? That he doesn't want to take you back? There are those walking around the world today, walking around right outside the walls here like, God couldn't take me back. You don't know what I've done, Ed. You don't know what I've been into. You, you know, I've had the knowledge of God and I've taken it and I've stumbled. I've just thrown it away for this and for that. And I say, listen, throw away the junk of the world and come back to the Lord. He'll receive you. I love this about God. You know, you can take a hundred steps away from God. You can be gone a hundred years but it doesn't take, you don't have to retrace all your steps to come back, right? You, go, you know, like when you're playing baseball and you miss a base, you got to go back and touch the base and go back or they'll be out. A lot of people refer their lives like that. Well, i got to go back and re-step and go all, no, no, 100 years, 100 days, 100 hours. You don't need to retrace all your steps. One step back, one turn back, and you're received, just like that prodigal son. So Paul says, well, what about the nation of Israel? They've rejected their Messiah. And because of that rejection, a lot of people have written Israel off and said, no way, God is done with Israel. God is interested only in the church now, and all the promises that were to Israel have now gone and been transferred to the church. Not so, or Paul would say, certainly not. God's heart is still for the nation of Israel, the apple of his eye. Yes, yes, they have stumbled. They have rejected They've allowed ceremony and ritual and religion to blind them from their Messiah. They have been blinded temporarily, the Bible says. They have, blindness in part has come to them until it's temporary. As they stumbled, have they fallen completely? No. God even used their fall. And you know, he'll use yours too. He'll use your life, your testimony. God has used the fall of the nation of Israel to do great things. Do you know the greatest thing is that you're saved, Gentile. Most of us in this room are Gentiles. We're saved because of the stumbling and the faltering of Israel. As God has turned his attention now primarily to the Gentiles. Will Israel ever open their eyes as a nation? Will there ever be a radical repentance for the nation of Israel? Well, let me show you this. Flip over, find with me Zechariah chapter 12. This is a mind-blowing passage. And you might just want to keep your place in Zechariah. You use it this afternoon as some devotional, because I'm going to give you some direction in Zechariah in a little bit. And you can just kind of meditate on it. Zechariah is toward the end of the Old Testament. You've got Malachi, and the book right before Malachi is Zechariah. Look at Zechariah chapter 12. God's ultimate purpose in setting aside Israel was not to drive them farther away, but to draw them and bring them back to himself. And so they haven't stumbled that they would fall completely and permanently, and neither of you, and neither of you, both you here in the sanctuary and also those listening in from afar. You know, a lot of people listen to the radio or tune into the internet that have been far from the Lord. And they're searching and seeking and they're clicking and they're turning the dial and they're, they got a Bible study in their iPod and you never know when they're going to listen to it. And so for, for the sake of those that aren't with us today, that might hear this message in a future time, God isn't done with you. You haven't stumbled that you would fall completely. 
God not only wants to pick you up, though a righteous man falls seven times, he'll rise again. Not only does he want to pick you up and dust you off and set you on your way, but he also wants to give you the strength that you won't stumble there again. And he'll do that work. And so will Israel ever come to this radical repentance? Well, look at chapter 12, verse 10. Zechariah chapter 12, verse 10. God says, I will pour on the house of David, on the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the spirit of grace and supplication. And then they, again, you can circle that word they, because in context, this is the nation of Israel. Then they will look on me whom they pierced. Yes, they will mourn for him as one mourns for his only son and grieve for him as one grieves for a firstborn. There is coming a day where the nation of Israel will turn to their Messiah. You know, this rejection, you can jot it down if you're taking notes, was predicted. Matthew chapter 21, there's a few parables there that predict the rejection of the Messiah. There's the parable of the vine dressers. Remember, as a, the, the land was leased out, the owner of the land sent his servants to go check it out. They beat and killed the servants. And then the landowner sent his son, and they killed his son. And that was a prediction by Jesus himself that he would be crucified. All the way back in Zechariah chapter 12, there was a prediction that Jesus would be crucified, pierced. And then in Matthew chapter 22, there's the parable of the wedding feast. Again, a picture of rejection, but it's not permanent. Romans chapter 11 now, verse 12, says, Now if their fall is riches for the world, and their failure riches for the Gentiles, how much more then their fullness So if they have fallen and God has blessed the world through their fall, how much more will now God bless when they return? And Paul's anticipating, saying, look, God is interested in ministering and blessing the nation of Israel. That's his heart. His heart isn't to crush. His heart is to receive and restore. And think about the incredible riches that Israel gave up in their rejection, their inheritance How much they lost. They lost their temple. They lost their land. They were thrust into years of wandering and captivity. They were in exile. They lost a lot because there was great consequences in turning their backs on the God who loves them. And because of their fall and because of their rejection, now God opens the door of salvation to the Gentiles. Anyone at any time can come to God through his Son. I love this phrase in verse 12. You might want to mark it. It says, Now if their fall is riches for the world and their failure riches for the Gentiles, how much more their fullness. That's a great phrase from God to us. You see what God has done through failure. You see what God has done through stumbling. You see what God has done through tripping up and falling down. You can see what God has done. But you know, God, he wants to do much more. Turn over to Romans chapter 5. It's not the first time that we've seen this phrase. Look at Romans chapter 5. Draw your attention to verse 8. You've got to check this out. Receive this from the Lord today. Much more. Much more. Look at Romans chapter 5. We'll pick up in verse 8. Again, looking at the heart and the intent of God. Romans chapter 5 verse 8. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than... 
Having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Just take that in, church. God wants to do much more in your life, much more. One of the tactics of the enemy that I see all the time is wanting to get Christians on their heels. You know, it's not that you've fallen completely. It's not that you've stumbled, but it's also not that you're standing strong. You're always on your heels. It's always a life where you're not making a lot of progress. You're always back. You're always responding to things. Things really get to you. You you don't have the thickest of skin, so it goes right to the heart, and you've got this trial over here and this temptation, and you might even get to the place where you go, well, I'm the only one that has these kind of trials. I'm the only one that has these kind of temptations. But let me just tell you, everybody has trials and temptations, just if that encourages you. I mean, I wish you could say, well, everybody one day is not going to have trials and temptations. Yes, when we see Jesus face to face. But until then, in this world, you will have you will have tribulation, Jesus said, but be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. And so this tactic of the always to get you back on your heels. You're really not making progress. It's always one thing or another. And it's not that it's unique to you. It's just that your perspective on it is such that you let it knock you back. And you know, when you're on your heels a lot, when you're retreating and backing up, you lose your balance and it's easier to fall that way. It's not when you're standing strong and you're ready to embrace whatever comes your way, but if you're always backing around, you're always in defensive mode, it's not that you have fallen, but you're pretty close. You're pretty close to stumbling. You're pretty close to falling and tripping when you're moving backwards. And so in your response and how you treat trials and tribulations, I think that you might even see in your own life how you've been on your heels. Not full-blown retreat. It's not that you've been running away from the Lord, but you haven't been running forward. I love what Jesus says. He says, I want you to place your hand to the plow and not look back. I don't want your past to dog you, to treat and make you act any differently today than you would if you were living for me today. And so he says, put your hand to the plow, because those that are fit for the kingdom of God put their hand to the plow and they don't look back. And then I love what Paul says. Paul says, you know, forgetting those things that are behind, I press forward for the upward call of Christ the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. It's just that bondage of being on your heels. See, God, he wants to do much more in your life. He wants to do much more in your marriage. He wants to do much more with your kiddos. He wants to do much more in your singleness. He wants to do much more with the job that he's entrusted to you. He wants to do much more in your life as you look for the next job that God has lined up for you already. He wants to do much more in helping you dig out of the bad mistakes of debt that you've gotten in. He wants to do much more in your ministry. He wants to do much more in you individually. Much more. I love that phrase. Hold on to it. Some of you have already, already in your mind, you might be saying something along the lines, well, Ed, you just don't understand much more. If God would just get rid of this one thing, then I think he could do much more. And so you take the promises of God, and now you've made them your own promises. You're going to tell God how to do much more in your life. Let me just say this. What if God, with that situation, that big stone, that stumbling stone in your life, that issue that has been with you, that has dogged you, that continues to be, there really doesn't see any way out. What if God's will is that it continues another 10 years, but he still wants to do much more? It's like, oh, no, God can do it when he gets all these things out of my No, 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 how about, how about this? How about God just wants to do much more 
And you and I, we just stay out of the way and not try to control how God's going to do much more in our lives. It's like, you know, Lord, I, I, I'm not happy about the, the stone here. I don't, I don't like, I, I wish it wasn't here. I mean, I, I wish I could just get around. I, Lord, it would be so great. And you can continue to pray, oh, God, remove it from my life. It would be wonderful. Take it away. But what if he doesn't want to take it away, but he still wants to do much more? See, he uses the faults and feathers, and he says, much more. Much more does God want to do. He's not done with you, even as he's not done with the nation of Israel. He wants to do much more. If what has happened through the stumbling of Israel, do you know how much debate, just as a side note, you know how much debate goes on within the Christian world over three chapters in the Bible? Romans chapter 9, 10, and 11. You could have a career just debating these three chapters the rest of your life. You could fill radio station, radio station, and program, and TV program for the rest of your life debating the weight of these three chapters. But you know, God has made it really simple in my mind of why he would include these three chapters in the Bible, and that is this. It's very, very simple. If God is faithful with Israel, then he'll be faithful with you. But if God is not faithful to Israel, then it really puts you and me in a precarious place, doesn't it? (laughs) I mean, if God's not going to fulfill his promises to Israel because of the failure of man, then what about the promises of God in the new covenant? What will he do when men and women fail? Well, he's going to do the same thing he does with Israel. He's going to continue to be faithful. He's going to continue to show himself faithful. Let's pick up as we wind down now in verse 13. The faithfulness of God, how wonderful it is. He says now, this much more, just take that. God wants to do much more in your life. He really, really does. I believe that with all my heart, that he is not done with you. He's not even close to being done with you. As long as you have a breath in your lungs, God is ready to do much more in your life, even after a failure. For I speak to you as Gentiles inasmuch as I am an apostle to the Gentiles. I magnify my ministry if by any means I may provoke to jealousy those who are my flesh and save some of them, For if their being cast away is the reconciling of the world, what will their acceptance be but life from the dead? It'll be a resurrection of this nation. Jot this down in Ezekiel chapter 37. Ezekiel is given a vision of dry bones. The ministry of Ezekiel is mind-blowing, the things that that guy saw and what God called him to do. This was one of them. He looks out and he sees a vision of dry bones, and God uses those dry bones to say, Look, that is Israel. They're lifeless. They have no flesh on their bones. They're not following me now. They're full of idolatry. But Ezekiel, I want you to know something. I'm going to breathe new life into those dry bones. You know, when you pick up your newspaper in the morning and you're flipping through the pages, I want you to know something. If you want to think of a memory, you want something to hook your memory of God's faithfulness, you're flipping through the newspaper. Whenever you come across a story on the nation of Israel, I want you to remember God's faithfulness. Maybe you read the news on your phone and not the newspaper. and You go, oh, another story about Hamas and Gaza and there's Israel again. God's faithfulness. Maybe the headline news on the story on the news program in the evening is, this is what's going on in Israel. God's faithfulness. Because Israel is a people that have been scattered for hundreds and thousands of years, and they are now occupying a portion of the land that God promised them. Like when you read the story of what's going on in Israel today, it's not like it says, well, there's this group of Jews in Parker that are being persecuted right there, and they're fighting over that little strip down Parker Road, and you got Hamas on. That's not what it is, right? They're in the land. Like they're right there where God promised 
Oh, the faithfulness of God. He indeed keeps all his promises. And aren't you glad for that? We've been looking at the book of Romans here on Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. And if you missed any portion, you can simply go online to AboundingGraceRadio.com. Another convenient way to get these daily studies is by signing up to receive the free Abounding Grace podcast. Load the messages onto your mobile device and listen at the gym, in the car, or wherever you go. Just go to AboundingGraceRadio.com to learn more about that. You could also get our app. It's available on all platforms. This is another way to hear our program. Search for Calvary Aurora. With the COVID-19 pandemic going on, you might have a little extra time on your hands these days as you're at home. Why not pull out a good book that can build you up in the Lord? We'd like to suggest A Tale of Three Kings by Gene Edwards. It's based on the biblical figures of David, Saul, and Absalom. If you've ever experienced pain, loss, or heartache at the hands of other believers, this will be very encouraging to you. There's comfort, healing, and hope to be found in A Tale of Three Kings. We'll send you a copy with our thanks for a gift of $25 or more to Abounding Grace. Please remember, it's through your support that we're able to present this radio program on this station and others like it. Call 877-30-GRACE, and we can help you with the ordering details. We'll return to Romans next time on Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. We'll see you then. This is amazing grace. Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado.